We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Two pitch, ball line to Yount, it's short, he throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air, Yount makes a great catch, and Juan Diemus has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history! Swings, and here it is! A base hit in the right center! He's done it. 3,000 for Robin. And there's a drive in the left field. This is hit well. And it's gone. You're cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Snyder. I'm me, Adam McGee. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Eurostep Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcast, Adam, the uh, hot stove is hotter than a shut-the-cluck-up-half-bird combo from Hattie B's, and that's because of the Milwaukee Brewers going out and making moves. Personally, I, I like to get an order of pimento mac and cheese and southern greens with my combo, but... That's not relevant to this conversation. Before we get into all the moves that have taken place over the last day, really. Uh, hey, Adam, how are you doing? Uh, is any does like is anyone listening know any of the things you just said there? Is that uh, if we have any listeners that live in Nashville or Atlanta or have been to a Nashville Sounds game, and you know we're all of our listeners chicken in Nashville. They live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Did they know whatever that was? Uh, you know, Hattie B's is franchising. There are going to be there are locations in many places now: Vegas, Dallas. What, what is ads. this? Your uh, commission? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I've, I've, have you? Uh, this is a different story. Time start this one. Um, I just want uh, everyone to know that I'm on the market. If you want to sponsor me to plug your yes. hot chicken restaurants, I'm here and I'm available. This is like a historic episode. We're gonna. This is gonna be one of the people. 
people come back to many years from now and you know a certain player is the best player in all of baseball and they're like how did how did you start reacting to this news uh, i don't know we were talking about pimento and i can't even remember what else so i was i was like this is stuff that i don't actually i haven't even heard of this place that it just didn't knock me off balance andrew i gotta be honest well it's not it's not gonna be relevant for you but some listener someday is gonna hit me up on twitter and say andrew thanks for the recommendation so you know that's getting us off on the right start uh but the hotter than the hot chicken is jackson chorio and his stock as he is uh signed to a landmark deal adam he sure is (laughs) he sure is i uh yeah, it's not how I imagined us beginning our conversation about it, but what a day, what a few days. We knew in our last pod that this was coming, still to see it become official, and honestly, it did take a little bit of time to iron out the final details and go through physicals, and seems safe to say the Brewers wanted to make a big splash about this, the winter meetings, and yeah, you know what, good for them. Brewers don't get to make a big splash very often. Um, Grab the limelight when, you know, kind of all of baseball are the most important folk in baseball in the one place. Certainly an interesting way to do it and a day that uh, brings a lot of excitement for us and I think brings the excitement forward somewhat as well, which may be the best part of all of this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I've been scrolling Twitter all day, Adam, because you know I, I don't I don't pay attention to work, and I've been listening to the national podcast, and it's fun to see the Brewers being uh, kind of on the tip of everyone's tongue as this deal comes down. It's uh, the largest of its kind for a player that has not uh, stepped foot in a major league game. Um, the eight year deal with two club options, I think, with all of the incentives within the deal um or the eight-year portion of the deal is uh 82 million and with the incentives the deal can rise up to what was it 142 million was that Mm -hmm. the final tally um 142.5 million andrew to be exact and we hope he gets every cent of it we do. Uh, that would mean good things for the Brewers. It would mean good things for Brewers fans and good things for Jackson Chorio as he will have, if he hits all those, cemented himself as a star in Major League Baseball and then become a free agent at like the age of 30 and be ready to cash in on the second half of his career. Obviously, uh, if his he's as good as they think um, he's going to be, he's going to be leaving some money on the table to take this, but one of those things where you weigh the risk reward and then obviously i think part of it is um seeing an organization that is willing to make a commitment to you and deciding you want to be in that organization as the face of the franchise and i think that's uh what this kind of signifies for the brewers is that they expect jackson chorio to be that face of the franchise And, and from their part like even if he doesn't reach his ceiling and he's just a above average MLB player over the course of this deal, it's still going to be uh, of tremendous value to them. So uh, just great business getting this done uh, now. Uh, I know we saw, they had the press conference today. We saw all the uh, statements from both, you know, Pat Murphy, Matt Arnold, and Chorio himself that he's going to go out there and earn it. And he's not going to be gifted a spot on the opening day roster. But I would say, 
barring something crazy happening in spring training via if he just looks overmatched, which he I don't think he's going to, or if he's, he on, he's on the opening roster. He's on this this man's going to be in the on the opening day roster, probably playing center field. Uh and uh I guess I was gonna say in Amfam, but it's actually gonna be in New York where he makes his uh debut in theory if he's on the opening day roster. So he'll he'll be standing in there. David Stearns will be watching from uh one of his suites as Jackson Jorio uh, starts his big league journey. Didn't Stearns just bring one of the guys who's been key and the Brewers identifying talent in Venezuela too? And he just pluck, I can't remember what the name of that individual was, apologies. But uh, David Stearns just brought him from Milwaukee to the Mets and yeah, maybe you just maybe you missed the boat. Maybe the best one has already been found. And that's certainly what we hope for. Yeah, I just think he's going to be on the opening day roster. They may be kind of... They may be somewhat selective in how they use him early in the year. I'm sure they will. But I think to come out with this deal, a deal which I had does raise eyebrows in some quarters. I think we're all pretty happy about it and pretty confident. And I think maybe some of the uh, raised eyebrows need to view this within the context of the Milwaukee Brewers rather than just, you know, wider baseball. Because when you're a franchise like Milwaukee with a payroll like the Brewers operate with, to your point of, even if he's just like, better than league average this will work out their problem with let's say someone like willie adamas who's proven to be a really good player since trading him is just how quickly he becomes too expensive you don't have that problem with jackson Churio. don't have the problem you've got a decade of him so if he's that level of good great you've got that as part of your team if he exceeds that and he hits the kind of levels you hope for even better even better you've got a bargain at that and you've got honestly the the flexibility to maybe go a bit more aggressively and try and build a team that's befitting of a player that you hope is going to reach towards the top of the game. So I think all of that is really, really positive. I just think he's going to be on the opening day roster because anything other than that would put a spotlight on him of not, oh, young prospects struggling in the majors, which is just kind of something that can happen. But instead, you know, Brewers spend record-breaking amount of money on young prospect and yet they don't deem him as major league ready so it puts more pressure on him puts more pressure on them he'll be on the opening day roster it's once you decide to offer this deal you're comfortable with him being on the roster on opening day um yeah you have to say all the right things in the press conference but um i think the runway is pretty clear or where this is going. I've heard a conversation on the aforementioned podcast about some of the other guys that have signed deals uh, like this prior to um, like playing in the big leagues. Scott Kingery is one that keeps coming up. Evan White, who was just traded, uh, is out of the big leagues, or at least hasn't been playing on, ma- on major league teams. I think he's dealt with some injuries too. Just traded to the Braves as the uh, Mariners dumped him and Marco Gonzalez to the Braves and gifted them Jared Kelnick uh Waukesha native if if I'm remembering that correctly um so that they can go and probably fail at making some kind of big splash uh with the open payroll there that's what I'm assuming for Seattle but uh stray bullet aside there um 
I think Chorio is just a different level. Like Luis Roberts, another guy that comes to mind, and he's been a largely successful player. Elo Jimenez, the injury risk was always there with him uh, when he signed that deal with the White Sox. So I, I just think he's in a different level than the John Singleton, Evan White, Scott Kingeries of the world. And he's a guy that just that you got to bet on if you're the Milwaukee, like you said, in the small market. Obviously, we talk endlessly throughout uh, the season and off seasons about how some of that is self-imposed uh, in terms of lack of spending. That being said, when you play in that reality, this is the type of bet you have to make and the type of guy you have to bet on being your next superstar. And then to your point, it gives you the license and honestly for the fans, whether it be via trade or free agency, the expectation that you need to invest around the edges because you've got this guy cost controlled through his beginning prime years like not even into the final stages of its prime so like you need to not necessarily go all in but like show some commitment elsewhere on the roster and and build around the William Contreras's and the Jackson Torrios uh over the next few years what that means for this offseason I don't know we've seen a couple of other uh smaller moves one that was really important and one that's a flyer and we'll talk about that later but yeah this just gives you a sense of what your plan is moving forward and that's comforting as a fan. And then I think this is something that Kurt Hogue said on Milwaukee journal of Sentinels podcast today is that this feels like uh, Matt Arnold putting a stamp on this next era. I think that started with the William Contreras trade. And I think this, this is the next phase of that, of just like there's a new sheriff in town and this is what our plan is. And this is what we're going to go for. And the next phase of that could be a Corbin Burns trade. Um, we'll just have to wait and find out. I think it will be. I think I think more so today, and we'll talk about the other moves that have happened and the other decisions that have been made. But even the fact that the Brewers are acting early and they've got this major move, which is not just like this is not a PR move, but it you know, it brings good feeling to your fan base and it brings good PR and it brings reason to be excited about the Brewers. Um let's say, for example, this deal hadn't happened, or this was a couple of weeks ago and Corbin Burns gets traded, all of the articles about the Brewers will be as they actually have been, like up until kind of this news, which is it's full doomsday mode. And it's like, you know, this franchise is done, their era of relevance is over, and it's like a big rebuild is awaiting them. Like a lot of that may still be true, and I think the truth is actually somewhere in the middle. But if you trade Corbin Burns tomorrow, I think it reverberates in a very different way, and it will naturally be framed in a very different way by national media, by local media. It will be in the way that you've just done, which I think is accurate to say, well, the Brewers signaled the beginning of a new era by signing Jackson Churio to this extension. The next step is moving on from Corbin Burns, looking at the hall, whatever that ends up being, and going from there. And the fact that they have padded out their starting pitching depth already, and I would suspect may continue to do that, it feels very likely. And I, I know there was kind of some rumblings that interest had been picking up in recent days. Calls had started to go in. And I, I just, I think this is all certainly setting the stage for it. And I'm not saying that as if it's like just kind of, 
it's only going to happen because of this. I will give credit and I'll give credit to Matt Arnold. And I do feel like Matt Arnold thinks like this to a degree. This is probably to this point, largely orchestrated in a way that he would have wanted to, which is okay. You have all your conversations and the conversations are, we want to extend Jackson Churio if we can. We want to trade Corbin Burns if we can get this kind of haul back. And then when you actually go about that process, part of it is, okay, well, what is the best way to manage all of this? And this is the best way. Even for free agents, just guys you want to kind of sell it to. The Churio move is just, it's a cause for excitement. Like someone like Wade Miley, who we'll talk about in a moment, who comes back even. Wade Miley is going to have a much more direct impact on players that are not Jackson Churio. He's going to have a pretty direct impact on probably younger and even, yeah, well, look, there could be some young pitchers and some young starters in the mix this year, depending on the way the Brewers go. But that's something that when you're trying to get Wade Miley to come back, you can say, look, you know you're comfortable here. You know you've pitched your best seasons in your career here. But this is also, you know, something good's happening. You're going to get a chance to pitch in a high leverage spot, but we're also trying to do this. And this is what we're ready to take off on. And the team is already good, but we feel like it can get better and begin a track for what's next. I think that will help. It will help a free agents. You've got something where if there's one thing that the brewers have kind of been starved of in some ways, it's just like, like pure raw talent. (laughs) And now they've got someone where it's like, all right, like he could click early. Just just putting it out there, he could click early and they'll be able to sell a lot more guys on that of, oh, well, if he is the real deal and if he kind of hits the ground running, that Brewers team could be a really different proposition than a lot of people think. I All that matters. So I feel like the sequencing here is probably very intentional and the Brewers begin shaping the narrative of what's next and what their next phase is and I'll tip my hat. I'll tip my hat to all involved. I think this is certainly been pretty textbook in terms of how the Cheerio deal has been handled. It's good to see them making other deals, important deals early. We'll see what comes next. We'll see what a trade looks like. But I think so far they're acting in what feels like a smart and responsible way. Um, Also, maybe most importantly, a relatively proactive way to. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Um, yeah, we'll get to the other additions in a minute. Another point of uh, conversation in the aftermath of this and the likelihood that he's going to be in the lineup and on the roster on opening day is what this does um, to the outfield surplus today. Matt Arnold called it a good problem to have. Uh, you know, you've got Christian Yelich still in left field. There hasn't been any signal that they're going to uh, pull the rip cord and try and convert him to first base or DH him full time. Although I imagine he will get, as we've stated many times, a number of uh, at bats, at DH to to help you know keep him healthy throughout the year. So now you've got Chorio, Garrett Mitchell, Joey Weimer, Sal Freelick, Tyrone Taylor, um, and Blake Perkins and Chris Roller in the mix as well. But they are are much uh, lesser or further down on that totem pole than the uh, prospects we mentioned. Um, also, where do you like, think they go with this? Well, I, I think with those guys, there's some sweeteners for a Corbin Burns deal there as in if you're pushing for a return of a certain caliber and maybe someone's holding out guys like Mitchell, Weimer, like these are recent top prospects in your system we know there are issues in both cases I mean Weimer struggled in terms of performance and um, with the bat Mitchell's injury problems but there is something there with both guys to see and be like okay he's interesting like, they could be the kind of thing that help you to get what you want out of a team you're dealing with in Corbin Burns in a more meaningful way. I don't think that is necessarily insignificant. I think you could find teams who are intrigued by some of those pieces in a vacuum. The reality is we don't know how much the Brewers value any of, we'll say, the younger guys in that mix in particular. Like, how do they feel about Sal Freelick for now, right? Because I think we feel Sal is the pick of the bunch. And they probably feel best about him. He might be the guy yeah, though, for... that everyone feels best about, and that value wise, they're like, you know what, we're good. We're gonna have Churio. We feel like we'll get a return for Sal Freelick that will make sense for us and allow us to build the best team around that. I wouldn't personally be doing that, but we don't actually know at this point where they are on that and how they'll kind of construct that. Even someone like Tyron Taylor is kind of interesting, just because he finished the season very well and yet I don't know again when you go through this process and you start to look at names you're like it's kind of uninspiring the 
the guy's a little bit older there being in the mix, but then he's being very steady. Um, I think Perkins he's the last and... outfielder on the bench type. Oh, that's fine. I think, I think that's that what... I think that'll be good. The Perkins of it all. I know I'm gonna upset. I was gonna say some listeners. That's not true. One listener, um, in doing this, but no, I mean, just I'm not really factoring that into it. That's not important. But a trade is gonna come. It's just it's a matter of do those outfielders, you know, do we see one or two of those guys get added to other trades? And as kind of differential pieces that may get the Brewers the kind of greater returns that they're after, or are there kind of smaller individual deals around the fringes? We'll see. I just think there are extra options that he has to work with. And I think when he says like, that's a good problem to have, he's right because they're kind of chips that he has at his disposal that he can feel pretty confident. Like they're readily available. You don't have to really stress and sweat the prospect of, moving one of those guys you're of course going to be worried about don't get it wrong don't move the wrong guy who becomes a superstar out of the blue but i think they are good options i think the brewers will have a variety of different ways they can approach working things out at those spots yeah i mean you've got like you said uh things to like and things to uh be concerned about for all three guys Freelix uh, got the hit tool, but you wonder about his ceiling with the power. Uh, Joey Weimer, like you said, struggled offensively. He's got the swing with a ton of moving parts that you wonder, can can it ever be fixed? Maybe if an organization really buys it, they can, and they'll take the plus defense and in the meantime and try and uh, rework his swing so he can tap into more hard contact and showcase the power that we know he has when he truly gets hold of a ball. You've got Garrett Mitchell, who's got the good performance in terms of surface level stats with the highest strikeout rate, the high ground ball rate. Can he start hitting the ball more in the air and uh, strike out less? And all of them are really good defenders. So I think, like you said, there is value to uh, get back in any kind of move that involves one of those guys. And then obviously it, this stage in their career, um, any of them that you were keeping, you'd want them to get regular at bats to see exactly what they are. But it's not impossible to uh, imagine some sort of right field platoon with Weimer and one of the lefties that stays. So like a Weimer Freelick platoon. Obviously, I want Freelick getting more everyday at bats because I think long term he's going to be able to hit lefties at least uh, get on base and hit for average that way. But yeah, they've got a lot of options and committing to Chorio this way with him being certainly on the opening day roster gives you the ability to use some of these surplus post-hype prospects to get something back. I've been trying to think of like a, a deal with some team for one of these guys where it's another like major league ready guy who had prospect status and maybe didn't hit the ground running in their major league career. And one that it might be a, like a change of scenery for both teams, but I haven't really found one yet. Um, That's I wonder if David Stearns that... is real. They're tough to identify. If yeah. we were doing, if we were like, covering another like team, we'd we'd have our list, chism. and it's like it will just it will appear, and then it'd be like, oh, of course, that makes sense. But it's they're not always apparent, kind of in advance of that. Do you think there's any scenario where they hang on to the younger contingent of that and maybe bide their time before making decisions? It just it it seems like they're going to be forced into making a call on probably one of them sooner than later 
But selfishly, I would kind of like the idea of you've got Yelly and a bunch of kids in the outfield, and we can just watch that with some excitement. I think, and now this, from a handedness perspective, maybe this isn't the cleanest fit with how your four outfielders shake out and you're having four lefties in there, but it's not, I mean, tell me if you think I'm wrong, but Joey Weimer in Nashville to start the season working on a swing change doesn't necessarily seem like it would be the worst thing in the world for him in his career development if he's still working through things in spring training because it's just it seemed like he had done some things right towards the end of the season and then obviously didn't factor in. If one of those guys is in AAA to start the season, um, I would think it's him. Uh, and Garrett Mitchell being a guy where it's like, okay, you've got all your injury issues and you haven't really gotten a fair shake. You're going to be our fourth outfielder, and we're going to go Yelich, uh, Torrio, Freelich, left to right, uh, and you get days in left to spell Yelly when Yelly's DHing. I think that's a scenario that seems like it could be actually pretty possible if they keep all of these guys, and then you're seeing what happens with Weimer, and if one of those other guys struggles in that right, right field kind of fourth outfielder situation, you've still got him. Also, well, if you do move... Uh, Mitchell in this scenario, I think Weimer as a guy who you can bring in at the end of the games and just know that you've got like a rock solid outfield defense um, is another kind of appealing option. So I think like the most logical thing would be one of those guys has probably moved and you bring something back that you need on your major league roster. But I just think there are so many ways you could go with this. But uh, also you're question was more around the, along the lines of hey what what what, what if they flip Tyrone Taylor or something i think that's possible too and i mean that's a conversation we've had before where it's just really hard to work out you know what he could be flipped for although right now it's probably more than he could have been last time we had that conversation like i think maybe maybe there's a team you could talk into something i don't know i mean you're still like you got to get more of the prospects but yeah, you just got to see, I guess, what opportunities present themselves for Matt Arnold. And... Options are good. Like, they do have ways to improve this roster. We've got Churio to be really excited about. And I do think whatever the combinations are around that, like, I think we like all of those guys, including Weimer for all of his flaws. Like, I think there's a lot to like about Weimer. And the one thing I will say is, there was talk and there did seem to be some semblance when he found himself back in Nashville that he was trying to quieten down the swing to some extent and we didn't really get to see it at work. Um, maybe he's got a head start on that and maybe he will look better and that's something they've actively worked on. And again, if that's the case, the Brewers might know more than we know there and maybe more than some opposing teams know too. So we'll see. We'll see. It's, it's very hard, I think, to to know for sure what the team thinks because we're looking at, you know, what are they contributing, these guys, in a day-to-day sense. They all have a longer view, and there may be things that they're seeing out of some of these guys that, you know, are being weighted more heavily than certain things that are, I guess, more apparent in the day-to-day in-game sense or some of the others. I don't know. It's, I think, a better spot, though. Like, this time last year, when we were looking for the Brewers to improve the roster, like, and they managed to, essentially, Matt Arnold pulled a couple of rabbits out of the hat to make the team better. 
without giving up anything of any real value. Like, <laughs> sure, it was an outfield prospect, um, but S.A. Uribe-Ruiz was below all of these guys in the conversation a year ago, and you look at what you managed to get out of that. So I think it would be be a little bit naive, a little bit silly to be like, oh, well, you can get that for S.A. Uribe-Ruiz. Well, imagine what you're going to get for any of these guys. But it shouldn't be discounted that they are kind of real chips. They are something that if you find the right trade partner for any of these guys, you get something good back and something that makes you a better team. Like we know, we know where the, the gaps in the roster and the gaps in terms of where you'd like to upgrade exist. I think it's still, it's first and it's third. And also you could be second too. <laughs> it's like, just if you get good infielders to play good defense and have a good bat, I think the Brewers will be interested, right? Absolutely. Uh, some more news and notes from the day from Kurt Hoof's story. Uh, 35 players uh, since 1995 had at least 100 plate appearances during or before their age 20 season. Chorio turns 20 in March, um, so he would be number 36, assuming he reaches that threshold. Among those 35, 119 combined all-star all-star appearances. Only eight players from the group haven't or haven't yet, if they're still playing, appeared in an all-star game, while 24 made multiple all-star games. Um, some of the names that fit that description that Chorio will likely join, Alex Rodriguez, Alex Rodriguez, Andrew Jones, uh, Jose Reyes, Miguel Cabrera, Justin Upton, Jason Hayward, Giancarlo Stanton, Mike Trout, Manny Machado, Bryce Harper, Carlos Correa, Rafael Devers, Ronald Acuna Jr., William or Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Fernando Tatis Jr., and Juan Soto. So pretty good company and a pretty good hit rate on prospects that reach the major leagues by that level because if they're not elite, they're not getting there by the time that or, or that early. So... If you keep asking yourself, why are the Brewers betting on Jackson Chorio? It's because he's a player that they view in that caliber. Even if he isn't, like we said, uh, still uh, what should be a great value, even if he's just like a really, really good MLB player. Um, yeah, I haven't gotten the jersey yet. I'm waiting for January. I'm going to stop by the team store. And, you know, I know the customization uh, screen very well uh, there at this point, Adam. So I will, I will be on it. Uh, anything else about Chorio? Um, yeah, I, just, uh, I was I trying think... to shout out. He's he took my favorite number, and then my favorite players are always number eleven. My favorite number is eleven. I I was like, when I promoted, when I promoted Jackson Chorio in MLB the Show, he was given number eleven. Um, actually, him and Rowdy had number eleven. Is that possible in the game? It probably is a glitch that happens. <laughs> I'm very happy and I'm very excited. I've I spoke, I think, on our last part about, you know, to taking applications for the position of my new favorite player. And Jackson Cheerio's got a certainly a good head start by going and adding number eleven to all of the excitement that naturally surrounds him. So I'm, I'm all in. You you may get the jersey before me, but I won't be too too far behind you. I don't know, Adam. I Maybe I'll go to a particularly boozy brunch at establishment I won't name, um, and then I'll head over to the clubhouse store and I'll get you one myself. We'll see how this goes. Oh, um, 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Moving on to uh, other news. Uh, something we speculated about and hoped for and quite frankly demanded on our grades episode as the highest graded pitcher of the 2023 Brewer season for our podcast was Wade Miley. He has been re-signed by the Brewers. Um, according to ESPN's uh, Jesse Rogers, it includes a base salary of, what was it, $7 million with incentives based on innings counts, which obviously uh, makes sense because of the injury history uh, with Miley. Um, so $7 million, according to Jesse Rogers, uh, mutual option for 2025 at $12 million, with that it carries a $1.5 million buyout. Uh, so, yeah, Wade Miley back with the Brewers, something that was a no-brainer, uh, obviously, when he um, declined his side of the mutual option. Uh, it made sense as he was going out there, deciding really probably if he wanted to pitch again. He said that his uh, son, Jeb, uh, said that he had to choose between either signing back with the Brewers or retiring. So it sounds like Brewers came out on the winning end of that debate. And, uh, yeah, for 2024, made or Wade Miley is back with the Brewers to – kind of be in the middle of that rotation. And obviously uh, we're not expecting 200 innings or even 150 innings, but he gives us that hundred between 100 and 150 innings at the, at the rate he did last year, or even slightly worse. We're going to take that every day and twice on Sunday. Glad to have Wade Miley back uh, for what he brings on the field and what he brings in the clubhouse and the community, because he, he just seems like a guy who really values being a brewer and uh, speaks to why he's not hanging him up and he's ready to give it one more go. Well, he wants to, he wants thirty starts. That's what he put out there. Oh, okay, okay. Well, if he and, gets thirty starts, I'm getting a Miley jersey as well. Well, 150 innings would bring the total package to 11 million dollars, and Wade does feel generally probably to average out around five innings a start. So I do think he's got good reason to be saying he wants thirty starts. Um, that'd be great though. That'd be very exciting. I would, yeah, I would love they, it. They've got to get this deal done. They had to get it done. We called on it last week, and they did at a very good price. And yeah, if it does make it up to say that eleven million mark, if you've got a hundred and fifty innings plus out of Wade Miley, you'll be very, very pleased, and they'll likely be good innings too. And given the wider uncertainty, it was more important than ever. Given just the loss of Brandon Woodruff, aside from anything Corbin Burns related. You needed this, and I tip my hat. Tip my hat to all involved, Matt Arnold, Mark Adonazio, 
Jeb. Uh, maybe most of all, Jeb. Jeb seemed to deliver on this one for us. Pat Murphy, too, is a yeah, key, yeah. key figure in this. And seems like the relationship between uh, Jeb and Pat Murphy's children. But yeah, just really great news. And we've talked about a lot, just like a really fun, interesting, cerebral guy who clearly loves baseball has really smart things to say anytime he's interviewed. Some of my favorite nuggets to come out of the Brewers Clubhouse last year were from him when it was talking about uh, Contreras and how he was like leveling up like game to game to game as a catcher and just how good he was defensively. Like Miley just always had great insights. And I think he should be someone they want to keep around the organization very long term. I he just honestly he seems like a guy, whether it's coaching, whether it's front office, and it seems to be front office. He seems very smart. He seems very, very engaged. And uh yeah, I'd I'd be very happy to see Wade Molly around for a long time. I should also mention there is an option in here uh for, for the season after this, which I don't know. We'd be pretty surprised if it was to come to that, but it's nice for Wade to have that. It's nice for the Brewers to have that and to be able to go about those discussions. If he has another great season, then it's kind of warranted. Yeah, I mean, he threw 163 innings with a 337 ERA in 2021. It's age 34 season. I'm about to turn 32, and I can't even climb over gates in my house. So, you know, it might, may seem like an arduous task for me, but if Wade's feeling good, maybe he gets over that. Uh, 150 number and it's just a key cog in the rotation once again and we're here handing out grades at the end of the year again and, and giving them something else in the a's i mean that that's a reality i want to live in and, and a reality we can live in uh maybe in the 2030s he's uh he's uh ricky weeks's associate manager was that his title is it assistant manager or associate manager i can't remember uh, uh, associate been... i think okay perfect whatever the title is i don't care about the title you know seeing wade in the dugout would uh would be something that would bring me joy. So Wade Miley back with the Brewers for 2024 and maybe beyond. We'll find out. Uh, that wasn't the last signing the Brewers would make today, Adam. I, I told you they were the reason the hot stove was so hot. They were making the moves. Uh, they also signed Joe Ross to a major league deal. Uh, Joe Ross was a first round pick of the San Diego Padres in 2011. Uh, came up with the Washington Nationals um, in 2014, I believe is when he made it, or 2015, excuse me, is when he made his debut. Um, struggled with injuries in his career. Uh, his uh, rookie season, six, uh, 76 and two-thirds innings at a 3.64 ERA. The following season, 2016, a 3.43 ERA and 105 innings. Um, missed the 2020 COVID-shortened season. He opted out of that year. Um, pitched uh, to a 4.17 or four, yeah, 4.17 ERA at 108 innings in 2021 for the Washington Nationals uh, before undergoing Tommy John surgery and missing the entire 2022 season. Uh, he returned by signing a, a deal with the San Francisco Giants at the beginning of last season and pitched uh, with their AAA affiliate at the end of the year and before becoming a free agent. Uh, Sinker slider guy also throws a forcing fastball in a changeup. Seems like the, the sinker velocity has been trending upward uh, in his return in AAA, albeit with that small sample size. Kurt Hogue has average sinker velocity by year uh, in 
2021, the last uh, full season that he threw um, in Major League Baseball was 93.5, 95.9 during that small sample size in um, uh, Sacramento, I believe, it's their AAA affiliate. And I got to tell you, Adam, uh, I, I think this is obviously on its face, starting rotation depth. I feel a lot like I did when the Brewers acquired Bryce Wilson last year because it's a guy who's had an established major league career, had some struggles, and could really fit into a number of type of roles. Now, there are a lot of options for Ross <laughs> as spring training unfolds. One of them is he proves he's fully healthy and he's looking good and he earns a spot in the rotation, especially if the Brewers complete that Corbin Burns trade. They're going to need innings. He could also... If something unexpected happens with the bullpen, as was proved last year, you can never have enough arms going into the season. Uh, he could be a guy that they slot into a multi-inning relief role. Uh, from what I've been reading, the forcing fastball and the changeup have not really worked for him at the major league level. They could get him in the pitching lab, say, ditch those pitches, your sinker slider now, the stuff plays up in relief, and he's a guy that can turn over a lineup once and give you three innings and a stint. There are a lot of different options that I think uh, – Ross could fill on this roster. I think the plan going in, and we haven't heard anything yet, will be, you know, he's a guy coming in to try and compete for a spot in the back half of that rotation. But there's uh, obviously a buy low here, a guy that's trying to restart his career. But I think it's a, a really interesting flyer to take for a guy who was once highly regarded as a prospect. Absolutely. Good pitcher, word of flyer. Like the, the version of Joe Ross pre Tony Jones is actually. Absolutely. Someone you'd be like, sure. In this situation, with the way the Brewers' pitching outlook is, him towards the back of your rotation, or as an option, again, as you said, he could be someone, whether it's, you know, once through the order, short starts, whether it's finding a spot for him in relief, whether it's a guy who goes multiple innings in relief. He's certainly got a lot to offer in terms of his ability. We'll see what he looks like coming out of, I guess, the full season where you work your way back to being right. As you said, from some of the numbers I saw Kurt Hoag share on Twitter earlier, Vossley looks good. Vossley looks good on the sinker. Um, I've seen some people say like the fastball is likely just gone or should be completely gone from his arsenal. So I don't think you're wrong on that, but always part of this could be, he might just be a guy that the Brewers have identified and being like, hold on, we see something in that pitch and we know how to work with him on that pitch to make that a real weapon. Um, I I like this pickup. I, I really do. I think it's a pretty solid one. And, you know, to the kind of vision that you, sketch out there it's like let's say it works in a best case scenario and all of a sudden he's a guy who could be like your fifth starter and then a pretty meaningful four or five inning consistency kind of consistently um way well then colin ray could become someone who's again more of bullpen or middle relief having a few guys like that is always valuable and we saw that last year but it may be even more valuable this year if corbin burns is no longer around and the Brewers have to approach, you know, just eating up innings in a completely different way. So, yeah, I like there's I don't feel like this is just like, oh, yeah, cool, whatever. 
I there could be something real here. Like this is a guy who some of us quite a while ago now. He's had major major injury since, but there was a real pitcher here. If the Brewers can unlock that, they'll be very, very happy, and this will be a great, great pickup. And uh, even if it's just for so many innings, like we saw what we needed out of Julio Tehran last year to get through a season, um, especially if they tr- trade Burns, they're going to have to piece together a season inning by inning, and Joe Ross can be part of that if he shows he's healthy and ready to go. Um I think we got one more thing before we get get out of here. Does that sound right to you, Adam? Sure does. And I mean, it's on this episode because it happened minutes after we finished recording our last episode. Allow me to make a joke then uh, about what's going to happen as soon as we sign off here. You know, we said the Brewers might not be done adding starting pitching depth. Uh, another Joe Ross style candidate. Uh, Mark Feinsand uh, says Eric Fetty is believed to be nearing a deal with an unspecified team. Like you said, Adam, full Craig Council flashbacks here for two He's years, $5 million, $5 million annually. Uh, so uh, Fetty, as we mentioned last podcast too, pitched for the NC Dinos and KBO last year, trying to make a return uh, to the big leagues. So as soon as we sign off here, it's going to be Eric Fetty to the Brewers. Mark, mark our words uh, based on, uh, recent history, but that recent history was Devin Williams uh, wins the National League Reliever of the Year award. Uh, very well deserving uh, because of all the the news um, that has gone on today and schedules. You'll get our bullpen grades next week. Uh, probably the most fun episode we'll do in our grade series, Adam, because I think there's going to be a lot of A's uh, in there. Um, uh, Devin obviously had a dominant season. Um, one five three ERA in fifty eight and two thirds innings, uh, converted ninety percent of his saves, uh, opportunities. Uh, so the Brewers have won reliever of the year in five of the last six seasons. Uh, so, uh, Josh Hader also won the war award in 2018, 2019 and uh twenty twenty one. Devin previously won it in uh twenty twenty, the shortened season where he allowed just I think one earned run in that whole year. They might as well just name this award the annual Milwaukee Brewers Reliever Award and just get it over with because it seems like uh, it's preordained at this point. Just give it to Abner Uribe already. Give it to Abner Uribe for 2024. No point, no point waiting. Just get it over with. God, I can't wait to watch Abner Uribe pitch again, Andrew. I know it's going to be a great time. Uh, and the Brewers have shown that sometimes when, when the move is right, there's no use in waiting. So there we go. Happy for Devin. Just not a whole lot to say other than it's completely deserved and it's not surprising in any way. And yeah, I, I, as much as I joke about Abner Uribe, um, not just a joke, all things Abner Uribe are very, very serious. But in all likelihood, Devin Williams is going to win that award again next year. And, you know, he might win it again the year after that, and the year after that. And regardless of what team he's on, like, it's it's probably his award for quite some time. Um, but, yeah, he had a great season. And let's hope for more of the same. I think that's we'll it, right? We'll be back next week. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've covered the ground. 
you know, I refreshed Twitter a few more times to see if the Fetty news became official. It didn't. So we go on to next week. You're so invested, locked in on that. I don't think it's going to have anything to do with the Brewers, but you are telling yourself because you you brought it up last week. I don't know. It's trying to will it to Eric exist. Fetty, you are an Oakland A. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be something like that. Um, or genuinely, it'll be the Cubs because every time there's a mystery team now, it's going to be the Cubs. That's my... I just really... Really wanted to make the joke like I did in the Discord that uh, Matt Arnold thinks that the new market inefficiency is like former Nats looking for a bounce back uh, on the mound. So they're going to sign Steven Strasburg next week. So look for that as well. Well, look for that next week. Look for us next week. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcast. It's cruising for bruising. You'll never miss an episode. You should also check out the rest of the GSPN shows, starting with the Eurostep Podcast Network. The main feed for all things Milwaukee books. Home to Win and Six with myself and Jordan Tresky. Mailbag episode dropping the same day you're listening to this. Already dropped, realistically. Um, Eurostep with Ty Windish and Rowan Cardi. And all kinds of crossover stuff. In-season tournament, quarterfinals, semifinals, championship game. All kinds of special stuff queued up for post game let's hope the books are involved in all three of those stages we'll have you covered Eurostep podcast network talking to tundra for all things green bay packers the resurgent packers could they could they possibly do it you know what they might just do it they're looking more and more likely to do it numak and jordan are talking you through all of that and I was feeling sorry for them a few weeks ago. Now I'm not feeling sorry for them at all. I'm actually, I'm actually jealous, Andrew, because they're getting a great like narrative podcasting arc of God, this team sucks. It's terrible. We're, you know, we're giving up completely. Let's one eye is on the draft. You know, this is miserable. To then, here's a little bit, a little bit of hope, and a little bit more hope, a little bit more hope. To oh my God, it's actually happening. To oh my God, is Jordan is Jordan Love the guy? That's that's fun for a podcast. So I felt sorry for him, but not anymore. It's all working out. All all coming up Millhouse for Numac and Jordan. Make time for this for all things pop culture, movies. Myself, Andrew. Are always your host there. I mean, there is a chance that it wouldn't be us sometime. There have been threats made to what other people might do an episode. I'll believe when I see it. And for the time being, up next is an episode of the films of Albert Brooks. From those cowards will never do one without us. I I think you're right. And that's it. Until next time. Thanks again to all of you for listening. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Adam.